of relics here at, at St. Ed's. All over the place at St. Ed's. Not all over the place. No, now, now we've, we've confined them to the rectory chapel and the convent chapel. A nice little collection, though. A nice collection. You want to know where they were when I got here? Yes, I do, because they, they were not in that chapel. Cause that, was, it, that chapel was, was a baptistry. It wasn't even a chapel. Uh, they were actually in this very room. In this room, in dear this listener. Dining room. This is like before, an Easter basket hunt. Before I made some changes, because this, this furniture wasn't here. There used to be a hideous mirror credenza. Oh, a mirror. All mirrors. Wow. That was right here. The relics were actually, you all can't see it, but behind the camera, there's our china cabinet. Mm-hmm. The relics were on top of the china cabinet. There they were. They're now in that glass stuff and those flowers. There they were. Well, they were at least displayed, maybe, kind of. Kind of. Because you see, it kind of, well, you can't really tell from here, but it dips down a bit, so they're yeah. kind of hidden. Some hidden, yeah. But that's where the relics were. Yeah. I, and it was one day at dinner, uh, I just happened to look up well, we actually switched places because Father Joe used to sit at that and I sat at this end. But Father Joe and I, for whatever reason, switched places. That one night I happened to look and I <laughs> and I'm like, what is on top of the dining room, the, the china cabinet? And Father Mike, I think, is like, oh, I think those are relics. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, like, real relics? And he had the paperwork in his office. Wow, he's got, so he, so wow. we have the official paperwork for That's him. That's like, cool. Telling you what they are. Not for all of them, but for the majority of them. Yeah. yeah they opened his office, and the relics are on top of the china cabinet. I was like, okay. So then I became pastor. We put him in the chapel. Ah, uh, it's cool. People, it's, it's awesome. We're going to talk about relics. We're going to talk about all relics today. about relics, which is, dear listener, maybe the weirdest thing we do as Catholics. It is awesome. definitely an eyebrow raiser. Yeah, but it's and cool. Even as a priest who loves relics, definitely an eyebrow raiser. Yeah, it's a little weird, but we're going to get weird. That's what we're talking about today on Ed Talks, where we hope to... say it is but humans are odd because they're also relics are also really deeply human right when someone passes away the hardest thing for their loved ones is to throw away an old photo or to throw away his chair that he sat in even to let them be buried into the ground right i like we want to hold on to these people that we love so there is from that standpoint, I do get it, right? I get the idea of like, I want to keep the memory of this great holy person close to me. And there, it feels in some weird way like you do because we're, phys- we're not just a spiritual, we're also physical. We have a soul, we're an embodied soul. So we're both soul and body together. And uh, so I get it, but it is also weird to be like, yeah, here is um, the thigh bone of St. Anne, <laughs> which yeah. is in Chicago. Now, like the mother of the mother, the blessed mother, the blessed virgin, Jesus's grandmother. Sorry. 
We have Saint Anne's thigh bone. No, her, I'm sure it's not her entire thigh bone. Val, entire thigh bone, or like a a fragment. Usually, it's a, a shaving of a, of the right. bone. But oh, shaving of Jesus's no grandmother's thigh bone. Val at um, Our Lady of Fatima. You know, we also have a relic of Saint Anne here. Oh. That I'm thinking about relics. Uh, we have Saint Anne. And now the the well, we're going to talk about the difference in relics in a second. But but that's but every year on Saint Anne's feast day. July 26th, down there at Lady Fatima in McKinley Park, there's a big celebration, and they venerate her relic, and they, they are drawn to this holy woman, the mother of the mother of God, Jesus' grandmother, which I love saying that. Like, we, we have to do something like, anyway, that's how we talk. <laughs> Three classes. Okay. Um, so, St. Anne's thigh bone, first, second, or third class. Well, first. First, because a first-class relic is... Actual body part. Right, a part of this person. My lock of hair, yeah. uh, shaving of bone, violet blood, yeah. an eyeball. Their eyeballs. Coincidentally, so we're talking about coincidences, and he's right here. St. Maximilian Colby, the only first-class relics that exist of his, do you know what they are? Or what part of his body? His beard? It's, it's his hair. So not necessarily beard. It is some beard, but it is hair. You know, because he was burned in Auschwitz. He was cremated. That makes sense. After he was murdered in Auschwitz. How was he murdered, by the way? Was he injected with... He was. It was chemical uh, injection. injection. Lethal injection. That's what I thought. Yes, which the friars, the Franciscans, have a joke that no friar ever died of starvation, including Maximilian Colby. <laughs> that's how they tried to kill them. Yeah. Anyway. Time out. Hi. Yeah, so the friars have a joke that no friar has ever died of starvation, including Maximilian Kolb. That's how he was supposed to die at Auschwitz. He didn't die of starvation, so they gave him lethal injection. Anyway, the barber who would cut in his Auschwitz. hair knew no, and uh, oh, before the, this, before he got arrested. Ah, so the barber who cut his hair, Poland, thought he would be a saint one day and wanted to save his hair clippings. Because he knew they would be then a first-class relic. Wow. And praise God he did, because those are the only relics that exist of Maximilian Colby. Take care of those, because, I mean, unless those things are incorruptible, that's not going to last forever, yeah. that hair. Yeah. But, uh... His, so we have no... He's not even buried anywhere. His, just, his ashes just would have been part of mass so, graves or whatever yeah. the Nazis did. Oh, have. gosh. The ashes. So deeply inhumane. Mm-hmm. Um, inhuman, I should say. Uh, and so, okay, so first-class relic is a body part. Body part. Second class relic is a possession of the saint. So like the saint's cane or a saint's shirt or a saint's hat. So it was not something that's been, you know, it was actually when the saint was alive on earth, he owned or she owned that That's a second class relic. That's a second class relic. So for a Franciscan, a piece of his habit or her habit. Which they also have plenty of those for Mexico. So it would be second class relics. Uh, We apparently have then a second class relic. And I know we're going to talk about this later, but I'll jump the gun a little bit. Uh, Allegedly, we have a second class relic of Our Lady. Wow. We apparently have a piece of her veil. Holy moly. We'll also talk about skepticism around relics, but uh, we yeah. apparently have one of those. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's the second. Third-class relic is probably the most common relic. Mm-hmm. So third-class relic is a relic. Is, well, you said you knew. Mm-hmm. What is a third-class relic? Third-class relic is something that touches something of, or a first-class first, relic. Or a second. Or a second. So if you have something and you touch it to 
that like I have here, I keep in my wallet. I don't know if you got on video me taking my wallet out of my pants, but uh, I always carry around me a third class relic of Padre Pio. That's a cool one. Um, this piece of cloth was touched to his habit or his body, yeah. whatever it was, uh, and I keep it in my wallet at all times. And it's cool. I mean, and I guess that's where I feel like that's, I think, where some people are like, oh, really? Come on. You're going to touch this to something that touched him, and that's got... So, what are relics? I mean, relics are things that... They're not magic. They're not. But there's a grace that comes from them. And let's go back to the scriptures of the woman with hemorrhages Mm -hmm. who felt if she only touched the tassel of Jesus' cloak, a second-class relic, (laughs) that she would be healed of her hemorrhages. And that's exactly what happened. She knew that just by touching that second-class relic, she would be healed. She didn't need Jesus to look at her or touch her or say her name. Just needed to touch that second-class relic, and she would be healed. So these things can be vehicles for grace. Vehicles of grace. Um, and that's a nice way to. That's a great way to put it. It's not a. It's not a magic talisman. It's not a lucky charm. But these can be vehicles for grace, and they're also constant physical tangible reminders of the our brothers and sisters who walked before us and have run the race and won the crown right i think anytime. their bodies were temples of the holy spirit mm-hmm. not just because of the sacraments they received but they lived a life of grace hence they are saints in heaven and so we know that their bodies were truly great temples of the holy spirit that they have made it to the glory of heaven so why wouldn't we venerate their body or parts of their body as vehicles to receive God's grace to help us win that same race and gain the same crown of glory? It's cool. It's a cool thing. It's a very cool thing to be reminded of these people's great stories, their great heroism in faith, and the fact that God works through humanity all the time to draw others to him. And he's doing it through these relics, right? He's, he's, he's using a saint and then some piece of cloth that was touched to that saint's remains. And then now that is a reminder, a physical reminder to, to kind of go back to God. So I, I, think, I think relics, I'm all about relics. They're great. They are. They're, they're yeah. They're cool. And we've got a bunch. We've got, we've got a good number. We've, we have a lot. So in our rectory chapel, I, I know for sure, and there's ones that I'm not going to be able to remember. We have... St. Pius X, St. Maria Goretti, St. Anne, St. Anthony of Padua, awesome. St. John Vianney. Um, little Flower? We have Therese of Lisieux, Little Flower. We Super. have Martin de Porres. You said Catherine of Siena? In the convent, we have, definitely have Catherine wow. of Siena, Dominic de Guzman, Thomas Aquinas. Holy moly. We, Is that why you keep them over in the convent? Yeah, because they belong to the Dominicans, but no, they left them behind. It's just because it's Aquinas. You keep them, <laughs> keep them in a different them. building. Yeah, <laughs> He's with the other Dominicans. <laughs> uh, we apparently have a veil of the Blessed Mother. We also apparently have in the convent as well a relic of the true cross. And, that, and so this is, so, okay, so this is one of the, basically, I think relics like history relic. Well, you know what? Let me pause. I'll go. We'll go into this in a second. Okay. Finish what? So we've gotten these two places. Yes. So we have two locations of the relics. You know, the the Dominicans sisters lived in our convent for over a hundred years, I think one hundred and seven years. 
And when they left, the sisters left behind these Dominican relics and a beautiful statue of St. Dominic, mainly because I told them I would rename the chapel, well, not rename, it didn't have a name, it was kind of a chapel, but I would name the chapel uh, the Oratory of St. Dominic in honor of the sisters. Um, and so they left behind this beautiful statue of St. Dominic that's in the chapel, and they left behind the, these Dominican relics and the relic of the True Cross. And there's been so well. so much grace in that chap through that chapel since they've left because of all of the young missionaries that have stayed there. We've had net missionaries, we have totus, totus tuus missionaries, we've had young adult, Catholic young adult retreats focus there, missionaries. focus missionaries, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and almost and unanimous, whatever prayer we do, yeah. Yeah, like unanimously people are like, I, I love that little chapel. Yeah. We, I think we've got work to do on making it even more Correct. beautiful, but that is, that, but it's, be- it has come a long way and it is, it's cool. And so this is, again, these relics are, are sharing in this mission that we have right. To, to inspire saints to go out, inspire more saints. Now, it is okay to be a little skeptical on some relics. So, you know, just so you know, dear listener, when you can buy lots of things on the internet, and relics are one of the things you can potentially purchase. I say potentially because many people don't know how to tell if a relic is real or not, right? And um, the other thing, too, is you're... You're not allowed to sell relics. <laughs> um, I mean, you can charge someone for the shipping of, of the relic, but you, you sh- you're not supposed to sell the bodies and the saints. Um, so don't buy relics online, just period. Don't buy them online. <laughs> uh, you might find someone on like a Catholic Facebook group that doesn't know what to do with these relics, yep. and they're just looking for you to pay for the shipping. That's okay, but don't buy the bodies of the saints. Um, What's supposed to accompany a relic is a piece of paper that's like a certificate of authenticity. The certificate will be in Latin, and it'll have a seal of some kind from the Vatican that tells you it's real. And that's that's the closest we'll get to knowing it's a real relic from that saint's body. These are first-class relics. These are ball. Well, at least, no, first and second-ish. Yeah, but right, definitely first-class. First right. Third-class is just yeah, something that's... Yeah, touches to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely for first-class, I would assume for second-class. Probably. Um, so if the relic doesn't come with that piece of paper, I'm not saying to, to totally disbelieve it is who it says it is. But some skepticism is okay. I There's... A, a long-standing joke is if you put all the relics of the true cross together, you can build Noah's Ark. Which is horse hockey. That was the French Revolution. That was Voltaire, I believe, who first said that. And he, it's, and it's not true. Like, it's, you don't know how many relics of the true cross there are out there. But I do know that the statement was explicitly an anti-Catholic statement made with oh. zero proof and in, in an attempt to discredit the faith. Okay. It, it was not like based... The horse hockey it, thank you. <laughs> I know a guy. I know a guy. But I mean, so you... Because that is like the famous one. But the but the the true cross is one of the first relics, right? The, one of the first ones where there are relics. Because um, that was St. Helen. Uh, yeah, Constant, Constantine's mother uh, was trying to find the true cross. And so she went with someone who was deathly ill to the Holy Land because what they did is they would just take the crosses afterwards and after they'd used them they would pile them up and throw them in this like a pile of old crosses and she started laying this man on one by one and asking God like show me the true cross and eventually she laid him on one cross and he was instantaneously healed 
That is how she said, this must be the true cross. And if you come with me on our pilgrimage to the Holy Land, you'll see the chapel where they found the true cross. Oh, there you go. What? Well, the cave. 2024? Now it's a chapel. 2024, November 2024. 2024, but anyway, next fall. So, anyway, but it, so that's how you know if relics are for sure real or not if they come with this paper of authenticity. And then the, the actual kind of veneration of the remains of the early Christians started in the catacombs. Like, so yeah, re- yeah. relics and the kind of idea of venerating the remains started from the earliest moments of the church. I mean, this is not... First altars were the, the caskets of the deceased martyrs. Of the deceased Christians who had been murdered by... And v- so to this day, in every altar where Mass is celebrated, a relic of a saint is embedded in that altar. Every single altar, which is super cool. You can't always tell which one it is, but like I don't know who's in our altars here at St. Edward, but it's, there's a saint in there. Yeah, and that, now that is, that is the altar stone, correct? Correct. So there's actually a piece of the altar called the altar stone. Right. Um, altars are supposed to be made out of stone, but there is... Uh, like our wooden altar, it's just got an inset cut out, and the stone goes right in there. Yeah, and like so it makes it level. Yeah, so the stone, like a stone, is to to emphasize the idea that this is a sacrificial offering. I mean, even to in our God. original high altar, you can see that they cut out and then put the altar stone in there. Right. So there's a you just cut a little hole and put a relic in. So even even an altar made out of stone will have a, a an inset of an other stone, and that's where the relic right. is, which is super cool. So there you go. So there's a relic inside of every altar, um, which is cool. So, but this is, sometimes you hear, oh, it's like a medieval thing, but no, the church has been venerating the relics, the, the forebears, the, the heroes of the faith since the church was in its infancy. Um, it, obviously, it developed into, like, they, I don't, we don't have evidence that there were third-class relics in first century, second century Rome, but I don't know why there wouldn't well, be. Well, that was where the catacombs were. Right. So they were still venerating. Right. They were just venerating literally at the cemetery. Yeah, at the site. Before building churches around the dead saints. Right. When they when you had to go underground, that was where the bodies were anyway, so they would exactly. go. Um, so something cool to think about, about this idea of first-class relics. Now, you were talking about a second-class relic purportedly of the Blessed Virgin's veil, a veil that she wore. Apparently. There, there are no first-class relics of Jesus... Or the Blessed Mother. That, of course, is, you know, tracks with the Catholic doctrine. If there were, people would try to to talk about it. Yeah, how could you have a Jesus who ascended? House of Laredo that flew apparently from the Middle East to Laredo, Italy. Right, like his house. That's the thing. But not a body. Chestahova is apparently the kitchen table of St. Luke. Right, something like that. No bodies of yeah. Jesus, no bodies of Mary. And Someone would have tried to capitalize on it. Absolutely. Those exist. So Long, again, speaks to that ancient immemorial tradition that is dogmatically defined as the ascension of Jesus and the assumption of Mary. Obviously, the ascension of Jesus is biblical um, entirely. But, the, but even Mary's assumption, I mean, we all... But it points to it. There's, there's many clues in Scripture. Her body ain't nowhere to be found. That's right. And so there, there you go. But this is relics, and it's cool. And we've got. Cool. And I'll share this with you too, because um, I, I know the priest who's the, the chief exorcist for the archdiocese. So one way you can check if a relic is real or not within the celebration of an exorcism, um, if you take the relic and place it on the body of, of the possessed person, if they their demons start freaking out. Then you know it's definitely a real, a real thing. It's the real body of a saint. 
That's cool. Um, and if it's not, then it's nothing. We have to. We should. We should do a podcast uh, where we get a, an exorcist on here. That, that was suggested by that, Val. That would so be cool. Should, I'll, I'll ask him if he's. Uh, if he's okay. Yeah, or if, it, if not, maybe him, someone who's maybe retired or something like that, who might be willing, yeah. more willing. But uh, there's some great relic collections outside of our church that are close, close nearby drives. Um, oh, yeah, uh, but you're Queen, yeah. Queen of All Saints has a nice one. They have a they have whole baptistry. A whole baptistry. It's, it's really, that's impressive. Right along their narthex, you enter the church. There's a narthex right there, and, and then there's a chapel a baptistry chapel, and uh, it's it's really impressive. St. John Cantius downtown, you have to walk, you enter their church, approach the sanctuary, turn left, and there's um, a little side door, and right there, there's a nice, they have a nice collection of relics. The Shrine of All Saints is the, Morton the in Morton yeah. Grove, is like one of the biggest, I think maybe right the here. biggest in Collection. America. And um, the mausoleum at Queen of Heaven yeah, the Cemetery. Cemetery is All awesome. throughout the mausoleum. Yeah, there's just whole, there's cabinets of relics. St. Edward's one of them. Yeah, it's really cool. I tried asking if we could have St. Edward. What'd they say? They said no. Why? Because one parish got a relic and never returned it. Well, isn't that the point? It only takes one. It only takes one. Ruin it for the rest of us. But anyway, so there's loads of opportunities for you here in Chicago to take a short drive. Uh, if you don't live in Chicago, dear listener, and you're somewhere else, um, I guarantee you there are relic collections nearby. Just ask your parish priest. He'll probably be able to point you to a couple of local places. And if you've ever happened to just find relics, like you're cleaning out grandma's house and you come across some relics or you see them at a garage sale or something... Rescue them, bring them here, and we'll, we'll take care of them. Take care of them. Yeah. yeah, we'll venerate them. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, dear listener. This is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints who will inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen.